1: Guys of Minnesota Sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and shot on Score North and Scorenorth.com.
2: That right there was Woo! impressive. Ken Griffin Jr. giving him the trophy, but Final Alonzo. He made that look easy.
0: Wow. Spin it to win it, Derby Champion. <laughs> Wait a second.
1: What happened to Ken Griffey Jr.? Did he eat Jay Buehner? Oh, you haven't seen him?
0: He's been a big boy since the moment he retired. Well, I guess if I remember the last year of his
1: Mm -hmm. career, well, he was in Chicago, and then he went to Seattle again. And he was getting pretty big, and they were still sticking him out in center field in Chicago. So I I guess I do remember that. He's
2: the guy who I didn't think would get big this quickly in life because he he's what 51 my age like i'm a big guy so if i'm big it's not surprising <laughs> big glass house we're all sitting yeah. in except for no but end. i'm just yeah. saying like i'm i'm you know if i'm a fatty i'm a fatty and i'm fine <laughs> with that but griffey Fatties was for life <laughs> griffey jr was a guy that i thought man you know he's just gonna be in shape till he, you know and i mean eventually start to gain some weight but yeah i, I was surprised to see that he uh the, the kid is no more the kid. <laughs> it's just the, is that look, a nice way to say looks it? It's
1: like he ate a collection of kids right before he wow. uh, handed that trophy to Pete Alonzo. But this is a Tuesday, which means who gets it and who doesn't here on Mackie and Judd, Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment. And damn it, we want titles, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you missed it yesterday, we did a deep dive into. The idea that Kirk Cousins is a garbage-time quarterback, whether it's myth or fact, on Purple Daily, so check that out. But let's fire up some appropriate music here, and let's dive in. We'll start with Judd Zolgad. Who gets it and who doesn't this week, the middle of July 2021?
2: You know who gets it, Phil? You know who gets it, Declan? Vikings linebacker Anthony Barr. Because our friends, Jim Rich, I believe it was, sat down with Anthony Barr, And he talked to him about the upcoming season. And Anthony Barr is a cliche meister ordinarily. Like, he's not going to say much to set uh, set your spidey senses off. But in this case, he says, Anthony Barr, I really do believe that we have a Super Bowl winning team this year. I really do believe that we have a Super Bowl winning team this year. Anthony Barr, congratulations. Number one, you should be right. Number two, I love the fact that, that you have in some ways joined the reckless speculation lifestyle of the Mackey and Judd show right. because we all have said the same thing. The fact that anybody from TCO Performance Center is dialing up the pressure, they get it. I love this. Good for you. This is not a cliche. It's not – and, yeah, I mean, of course he's going to have expectations. But the fact that in the month of July, before training camp starts, he mentions Super Bowl – you get it. I love it too. You know, I don't I don't know if he's
1: right or not. I think I need to see a couple of rookie offensive linemen in a real game. I need to see uh, who's gonna be rushing the passer from the right side. I need to see if Daniil Hunter is still alive in a in a game setting. Like we haven't seen him play a game in like two years. There's a lot of things we need to see, but the thing I love about this is Anthony Barr add him to the list of Vikings players that are leaning. Into the expectations and leaning into the pressure, it kind of feels like. With all these Minnesota men's teams, we kind of like, and it's fans and even media. It's like it's like we we're so afraid to put that expectation, championship level expectation, on these teams. Well, I don't know about championship. I mean, if they make the playoffs, it's a success, and then we'll sort of cross our fingers and pray and. See what happens in the Twins. It's like, well, maybe they can win a playoff game. You know, not this year, but sometime soon. I love so. Now no, we've heard. Um, I want to say Adam Thielen said some variation of this too at yeah. minicamp. He said this is the this is like the most optimistic he's been yep. about a Vikings team. And uh, and a couple others have sort of insinuated, too. So I'm all I'm all for leaning into the
2: expectation. This is great. The, the fact that he mentioned Super Bowl is what I absolutely love, though, because that is an expectation and that, that is immediate pressure that I think if you're a good team, you handle. Right. Like this is not a pie in the sky. Well, we might be good. Maybe it's a Super Bowl year. This is a low. Look at what we've done defensively. Bar's right. I mean, what they've done defensively was, aside from the right defensive end, they have basically filled every mandate the coach, who's a defensive guy, had. I love the fact that if, if Thielen put the – if the pressure was an oven and Thielen put the pressure at, let's say, what what's an ordinary cooking temp, Dex? Three, three something?
0: 400. That's 51. Yeah, That's 51. Know, it's like no, like, out, like a, a thousand? Like a, a thousand? oven works? Yeah, like 400 <laughs> degrees? You know, 420? Okay. What?
2: Anthony Barr, Anthony Bar, oh, like, like seventy-five yeah. degrees. <laughs> that pizza? I like how it's we like just went the
0: convection. Ovens. Yeah.
2: Anyway, it's five hundred. Now it's turned up to five hundred because when okay. you mention Super Bowl, you're putting the big souffle
1: in. When's the last time you actually went down underneath your grill and turned the propane tank on
2: or off? Or do you leave that up <sighs> that, to? That's a Dawn thing, down? isn't it? No, I. She turns the. She turns the actual. Um, barbecue on uh i'm trying to think the last time i did because i've done this before because it, it takes some work sometimes what, and like don will ask me well yeah because you get it gets turned off real tight sometimes and then i have to <laughs> come out and uh, and what, what? loosen it it's the gym baby <laughs> No, no, no! I said I have to loosen it, and then but then I leave it to her to turn oh. it on to turn it on. So you, you're like you're like the guy who can't
1: open the pickle jar and hands it to somebody else, and when they open no. it, you're like, oh, but I loosened it. No, I loosened no, it no, no, it.
2: no, no! I'm the guy who opens the pickle jar, but I don't need the pickle. So <laughs> I, I so I turn the propane <laughs> tank on, but I don't but but I don't fire it up then because okay. I don't want to be around that flame. A lot of bad things can happen. Uh, before we jump to
1: the next, uh, who gets it, who doesn't here. Uh, Declan and, and both you guys, do you feel like the Vikings are the type of team that embraces, do you feel like the Vikings make love to the expectations and the pressure? Uh, are they, are they going to, now that these players are throwing out Super Bowl, is this going to be a, a problem for them?
0: Uh, make love to the pressure. That's an interesting way to look at it. I think uh, sometimes they're just a little bit maybe too premature, and uh, they kind of don't come premature. through at the end. Premature
1: evacuation from yes, the expectations. Yes, it's exactly
0: what I think about the Vikings and Super Bowl expectations. But you know, it's 2021. It's a new year. It's a new year, baby. It's a new year. Everyone's a clean slate. You never know. It's Here's what I love about
2: it. this. Here's what I love about what Barr did because this is the most important thing. Who's the most important person on the team? Who Who's going to have to handle this pressure very, very well? Your quarterback,
1: Chad Beebe. That's <laughs> yeah, right.
2: Yeah, BC Johnson. God. Um, <laughs> no, your quarterback is. I, I there is going to be. Pre- this, this is what I love, you guys. 2021, we get the questions about Kirk answered. Like, if we're wrong, we're going to be proven wrong. Mm-hmm. So, like every, so like he is in a position now where all the questions, I think, and yes, the offensive line might not be perfect, but they've taken steps to improve it. Okay, like, like, like at some point in time, you've done enough to improve it. So that being said, this answers all the questions about this team and the quarterback. That's what I love about this. All right, more Vikings here. You know who, you know who gets it? Pro football reference mm-hmm. gets
1: it, and here's why. So the NFL, what's the NFL like? Like a, like a $10, $12 billion entity now? Mm-hmm. I want to say, it's like if you take all the revenue and all the teams and everything, it's like a $12 billion entity. I mean, they are literally just a money factory at the NFL, and yet up until yesterday, the NFL had not gone back and tracked sack data prior to nineteen eighty two. So all of the, you know, all time single season sack record or all time list of sack leaders, like it it doesn't include any of those legendary players, the Deacon Jones, Alan Page, right? The legends from the sixties, the seventies. Because the NFL just never like they could never hire an intern to just go back and watch some film for a summer and tally the sack totals. And so pro football reference comes in and says, all right, well, I guess if no one else is going to do this, we're going to do it. So they went back and they tracked all of the sacks to like, I want to say like 98% of the sacks. They're confident that they tallied before 1982. And here's the good news for the Vikings of the top 25 all time sack leaders. There are six Vikings on this list. Seven, if you want to include the one year of Al Baker in 1988, who came to the Vikings like well after his prime. Uh, but you've gotten out. So Bruce Smith still leads with 200 career sacks. Deacon Jones is on the list, third all time for the first time because all of his sacks came between 1961 and 1974. And correct me if I'm wrong, Judd, he was the head slap guy, right? Deacon Jones. You would yeah, take I think that big right. paw and just slap. He'd like slap the right tackle over the side of the head yep. and just. Send him to, uh, to the ground. So Chris Dolman is 7th. Alan Page is 8th. John Randall tied for 14th. Jared Allen tied for 16th. Carl Eller tied for 18th. And Jim Marshall tied for 22nd. Get that man in Seriously? the Hall of Fame. A 19-year career. Top 25 all-time in sacks. And so uh, what do you guys think of the Vikings? Basically being, in terms of franchises, like the sack franchise
2: in NFL history. It's not surprising, right? Like, if if you you go back and look at all of the names that you just mentioned from the past, we knew that that they had a ton of sacks. Now, here's here's my question. Is the league going to work with PFF to recognize this and find a way to add these guys to the list? I mean, here's the thing about, and I don't get it. One is, how do you not recognize the sack and, like, tally it and keep track officially, officially until 1982? That makes no sense. Here's the second thing, though. Baseball's going back now and incorporating the Negro League statistics into Mm -hmm. their official stats. So, like, they've got people pouring – I mean, baseball screwed up, but this is a good idea. They're going through and pouring through, I don't know, box scores, play-by-plays, whatever, to incorporate a whole nother league into their stats. So, is the National Football League going to work with PFF now to uh, incorporate this to make it official? It's PFR, actually. I'm sorry, PFR. pro football reference but are they going to do that because they really should like it's embarrassing that you don't have if deacon jones doesn't get get recognized because well we just didn't keep track of sacks back then that's a really lame excuse yeah uh
1: yeah the the negro leagues thing i love the fact that they're going back and i don't even know like i read one time like 10 years ago baseball reference football reference there's basketball hockey and i think there's a soccer reference and they've expanded a lot over the last 10 years but for the baseball side of things they literally go back they partner with like retrosheet.org and these other organizations that have volunteers that go back and they try to find it's for the for the way back days like 1920-1930 there's there's not like an internet log of box scores so they have to find records like handwritten Judd Zulgad, like box score <laughs> notebooks and that's the way that they have to tally up some of these stats like if you scored a game in 1922 that we don't want to have in our archives. Uh, <laughs> BaseballReference.com probably wants it, but I think they've miraculously found all of these going back. Like Josh Gibson is the home run king of the Negro Leagues, right? Uh-huh. Well, all due respect to you know to pitchers from the 1930s and 40s in the major leagues, but like they never faced Josh Gibson. They never faced some of the best, like oh, Babe yeah. Ruth, for instance. Never faced a black pitcher. Never faced a Dominican pitcher. Never faced a Venezuelan pitcher. So it was
2: it was white guy baseball. Yes, that's great. I mean, that's all it was. Yeah. But anyway, recognize the sack. Like, go back and fix this officially. Yeah, I don't know why.
1: I don't know why they didn't hire an intern five years ago, 10 years ago. Go do it. All right. Who gets it? Who doesn't? Declan? All right. I'm
0: gonna go with the who doesn't. Phil, you can keep your heads on a uh, headphone. You can keep your head on too. you. can Keep your headphones on here. I think you'll, you'll be OK. Spoiler,
1: spoilers. coming. You'll, you'll
0: be OK. You'll be OK. Who doesn't is the 820 to 830 block of programming yesterday that I do endure. So I had dual screens going yesterday. I had the Bachelorette on the TV. I had the Derby on the laptop. And it it just queued up perfectly that Otani versus Juan Soto went last, I believe, in the first round matchup. So it still took Mm -hmm. like an hour to get there. But I'm watching the Bachelorette. I'm watching Katie. Over the next 10 minutes, my heart could not contain what was happening on both screens at the same time. Obviously, we know what happened to the Derby. Otani gets off to like this super poor start, but then all of a sudden just starts ripping bombs, ripping bombs, goes into a triple overtime, a, a three-swing swing-off with Juan Soto. It's insane. Meanwhile, on the Bachelorette, something very significant happened and took place, and I was trying to really control my emotions while also watching this amazing home-run Derby. Don't spoil and, it. And for, I won't Don't say anything. It. For the next 15 minutes, I, I was a puddle of emotion trying to figure out how to handle everything that was being thrown at me, from Otani going to a three-swing swing-off, to Katie doing something on The Bachelorette. I could not contain myself for a 15-minute chunk of time.
1: you're saying that your... You being an emotional head case is the fault of yes. the block of time yes. on your YouTube TV subscription. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't ha- yeah. I'd don't. I say, I'd say this is a you problem, though. It
2: because- is. I don't get it.
0: Yes, no. Yeah, it's, it's a oh, me okay, thing. The, yeah, yeah. The
2: people that program de- these things aren't thinking we really can't put the Home Run Cor- Derby against The Bachelor. Correct. Because there's a lot of... Well, baseball is funny because baseball
1: never thinks about what programming they might be up
2: against ever.
1: No. Like, this is what you've brought up is actually a a bigger issue with baseball and that, yeah, congratulations. You do get to own, like, three days in the middle of July with your all-star game and home run derby and whatnot. But the Major League Baseball draft has just sort of taken place, like, over a Sunday night and a Monday, right? Like, it was... The draft took place just sort of randomly on a Sunday... And I get that it's not gonna it's not gonna be the NFL draft or the NBA draft where it's all players that you've watched play high profile games in college, like so you're not gonna really know the players, but isn't there a better way to present your draft than to just sort of tuck
2: it away? Like the second day of the draft was just at noon on a Monday. <laughs> like But what? the first round the first round to them is the big deal. And it used to be in June, and now they they stuck it in the All-Star Game weekend to try and make it bigger. And you you know what I've come to the conclusion of some drafts don't matter like they're just they're gonna be drafts and you're gonna take guys but i mean like baseball's tried so hard and same with our sport decks hockey i mean i guess the first round's okay but after like the first five names you don't know i I mean in that sense football just has something incredibly special and i think basketball's draft is probably second phil i don't know if you would agree with that, but 100. But yeah. basketball's draft is yeah. second. But after that, it's like the hockey and baseball draft guys just sort of fall in line, right? Um, the the one baseball thing that I will say that drives me crazy is why is the futures game played on a day when there's ten big league games going on? That's the that's that's didn't, your draft. Didn't that used to be game.
0: on All Star Weekend though? Didn't wasn't that wasn't that? Didn't that it's used always to be been on a Sunday thing.
1: Yeah, they've always they've always done and it. They on did Sunday. it and they okay. did it
2: on Sunday again. But my point is, there's like ten other. There, there's a full slate of games going on. Why can't they?
1: So I get that they're doing it on Stand a Sunday because there's a there's a chance some people could watch it on a Sunday during the day. But like, couldn't they do it? I mean, I know they want to play a full game, but the NBA does. The rookie game, and then they do don't they on the same night? They do the rookie game and they do on uh, well, no, it's I, or, no Friday night is the rookie game, right? And then Saturday is the dunk contest and the three, yep. yes, and then Sunday is the All Star yes. game. So, yeah. like, couldn't baseball start their series, you know, end their series on a Sunday? Monday's the rookie game or the or the futures game. Tuesday's the Derby. Wednesday's the All Star game. Thursday's an off
2: day. Friday's the three-game series back, right? Then we just fixed it. Well, it's just not hard, it too, because... Own here, the whole week. Because what, what makes the football draft special? What makes it special is these players are going to be drafted and then play for your favorite team the next year, right? The Futures game is the draft, because that those are the guys who are going to pop. Like, if I'm... you selected with the second overall pick? See you in four years. Yeah. It's, <laughs> so, anyway. It's true. Um, all right. Who gets it? Who doesn't?
1: We already knew this, but more solidification that Bears head coach Matt Nagy doesn't get it. (laughs) He told NBC Sports Chicago, the time is now for the Bears offense. This is going to be a quick one here, boys. I don't have an elaborate explanation. All I have to tell Matt Nagy is it's never time for the Bears offense. I've been alive since 1985. The Bears won a Super Bowl in my first year of existence. It was not time then for the Bears offense. No, it's never time for the Bears offense. It will not be time for the Bears offense this year. It might be time for the Bears offense to some extent in a couple years when their young quarterback emerges. But I can assure you that this is not the year where it's time for the Bears offense.
2: Andy Dalton is about to be QB your starting one. quarterback on opening day. QB1, and you say that. Yeah, you're right. I, I it's just, time. We're going to
1: unleash the red QB rifle. Oh, one. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> just like they did in
2: Dallas last year. All right, Judd, who gets it, who doesn't? All right. I am wearing, courtesy of my niece Jordan, my new Fear the Deer shirt here. Wow. wow! Look at a bandwagon jumping. And wow. I'm going to wow. tell you who gets it. here. There here you go. go. For those watching, fear oh, the yeah. deer, baby. Fear the deer. There you go. Look at this um, guy. Here's who gets it. Milwaukee's sports teams. Okay, so I'm not saying the Packers, because Packers are sort of a mess right now. The Bucks are in the finals, and the Brewers are in first place by four games in the National League Central, and I have only one question. Why can't we get it, too? It's Milwaukee. There's no... I, I, I mean, they're a smaller market, and right now they have a team... They've got the the Deer district during games that's got like 30,000 people in it cheering wildly outside the Pfizer Forum, which obviously has fans in it yeah. for the finals. the The Brewers are going great guns. They get it, and I personally am jealous. Here's what's here's what's comical. I'm glad you brought this this up.
1: So I follow some of the sports radio personalities, including our, our guy Rami, who does afternoons on the fan of Milwaukee. But I follow some of the other sports radio personalities. In Milwaukee, and there's a couple in particular that talk about the Wisconsin sports curse that apparently fans in Wisconsin that there's because the Packers keep going to NFC championship games and getting beat oh, I saw this. and the Bucks keep falling short in the playoffs and the Badgers lost a bunch of Rose Bowls in a row um, that the Brewers have gone to the playoff like, you know. They traded for CC and got beat, you know, 10 years ago. Sure. And there's all these times where they've had decent teams that go to the playoffs and get beat. And so they legitimately in Wisconsin. Yes, they've had Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers for 30 years. They've won two Super Bowls since the mid-1990s. And Wisconsin continually is one of the two or three best teams in the Big Ten. And the Brewers are relevant. And, the you know, maybe they don't have 10 championships like Boston teams, but... They legitimately talk about a Wisconsin sports curse on the other side of the border. On Wisconsin be Sports me. Radio.
2: Yes. You gotta you know what? Just shut up. <laughs> shut up, Wisconsin sports <laughs> curse. Thirty plus thirty plus years? Thirty years of great quarterback play, basically. You don't have a sports curse. We it's, got a sports curse. It's pretty hilarious. But yeah. anyway, smaller market than ours, okay? <laughs> Wolves, twins, follow suit, please. So, are you where'd you get this Fear the Deer shirt? Did you buy this? No, my my niece Jordan lives in Milwaukee. And so, as a guy who's a bit of a front runner occasionally, I told Dawn, hey, have her send me an extra large Fear the Deer shirt. So she went and found one at the store and sent it to me. Listen, if the Timberwolves
1: aren't fulfilling your needs, then you're going to go to another uh, team.
2: I had to do it. The the Timberwolves forced you to do this. I, I had to do it. I had to do it. And you know what? It's family, so I wear it. I like it. <laughs> it's family. <laughs> All right, Declan. It's, it's on the family.
1: Who gets it? Who doesn't? Are you gonna? Are you gonna? Are you gonna blame YouTube TV no. for your problems? No, I here? will
0: not. Actually, and I, I don't mean to uh, get a little heavier here, and I know we're recording a lot earlier, but I, I do want to give a who gets it to something uh, that I saw yesterday. Uh, Tanner Morgan put out something that is put out a tweet yesterday that his father passed away from brain cancer. It was a glioblastoma. Um, it's the most aggressive form of brain cancer. I lost my dad to a glioblastoma, and he really talked about faith being something that really worked for him. Now, I'm not someone who used faith to get over that, but I know how aggressive and like significant that that cancer can take on a family, and I think it was awesome how he basically summed up that his dad uses faith and his family used this as something to really get over because it is a very rigorous and vicious cancer. Now, some of us have been on this show that... Have we Phil, you lost your mom to an aggressive form of cancer. We we've been through a very tough time before. And just seeing this note not even knowing Tanner Morgan, you know, I I have never met the guy. I've only seen him play go for football, but just the way he summed it up, I know how difficult that cancer can be. And I think it was a really touching tribute. And the way he carried himself and still continues to carry himself today, I think, is really admirable. So I really want to give a big shout out to the Tanner Morgan family of who gets it. Right on.
1: Yeah, I, I I mean I don't know him personally either, but it just everything ever since he basically stepped into the quarterback role 3 years ago, just seems like everyone loves him, he's a great leader yeah. and I root for him. And I think that so when did what was the timeline on this? When did his dad find he, out that he um, had cancer and
0: he had a, his dad had a stroke I believe in May of last year and then they figured out it was because of brain cancer. So yeah. he I believe, that and that was in July. He got diagnosed, and yeah, I mean, it's quick. It's it can be a really quick and aggressive cancer. So I, I think he obviously did the best he could. I think Phil uh, Phil Irvin is it who used to I believe used to cover uh, the Gophers for Fox Sports North. He did a big piece mm-hmm. on it about nine months ago and just talked to Tanner about it. It's it, it it's a really aggressive form, and I think just the way he carried himself was a was a pretty damn good thing, and I think it's worth shouting out. Amen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I, I I
1: mean I. I I still think if he has a big season, I think he might have a chance to at least be a backup NFL quarterback.
0: I think. Uh, I mean, there was,
1: there were some people like before last year when they had a, the offense had a down year, where like he was projected to be like one of the top five or six quarterbacks in his draft class. So we'll I think see.
0: PFF just put out college uh, rankings, and I believe he was thirty-two going into this season of the of the top projected hundred quarterbacks in college football. He was thirty-two, which yeah right. could still obviously be a, a draft pick next season.
1: Uh, By the way, speaking of Gopher sports, our friends at Federated Insurance have been supporting Gophers Athletics for a long, long time, and they've been supporting business owners in the Twin Cities since 1904. They're based in Owatonna. They're one of us, and they understand as a business owner, time is money, and so they give their clients access to the resources and information they need tailored to whatever your business is, so if you're just looking for Uh, More frontline protection, more peace of mind, federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Uh, Any other final who gets it, who doesn't from from you guys?
2: Yeah, I got one quick. Um, And it's a familiar refrain with who doesn't get it, but I think it's a different reason why. Rocco Baldelli doesn't get it because, and I tweeted about this, I think, on Saturday. Nick Gordon, okay? I realize Nick Gordon might not be a great player. I realize he might not be good, but your team stinks, and you have a chance right now to find out. And Nick Gordon did not play in the entire four-game series. He did not play, so he didn't even pinch run, in the entire four-game sweep of the Tigers. And That's I'm weird. not quite sure why you wouldn't play this kid, what, uh, Phil, sixth overall pick or fifth overall pick in, I think, the 2014 draft. Yeah. And, like, it's go time now. You need to find out. It's go time. You need to – and. If he can't play, he can't play. But if he can, and and he certainly has some attributes, Um, you're treating him like he's a bench player on a good team, which he is not. So uh, give him a shot at least occasionally to play. He's proven to you he can play center. He can play second base. Heck, he can play a little bit of third as well. Uh, I, don't, I don't understand what they're doing here unless they've made a decision that they don't like him. And to be honest with you, if they have, I don't trust them to make the decision this quickly because they have proven in the past that their decision-making at times can be very, very yeah. flawed. Uh, Badu, Lamont Wade Jr. Uh, so this one is a bit confusing to me when you're acting like this guy's a bench player on a good team when he's actually being used as a bench player on a bad team. Yeah, it's it's a little weird. Like... It's almost,
1: I mean, not almost. It is like the, Rocco is managing this team as if they're trying to claw their way back in the standings, which maybe he is. Like, maybe that's, he's thinking, well, until we sell, like, I'm going to, I'm going to try and do whatever I can to try and win as many games as possible, which, you know, whatever. Like, I don't have a problem with that. But I'm with you on, on the Nick Gordon side. He's, he has struggled after his hot start. Mm-hmm. And I don't think like whatever people thought of him when he was 18, 19 years old and he was drafted and, like first round pick, right? I don't think he's ever going to be a star player that carries your franchise. But this dude hit 300 in his last full season at AAA in 2019. Uh, you know, he he played a couple weeks in St. Paul at the beginning of the season, hit almost 400 in the minor. Like he's kind of conquered the minor leagues right, as yeah. a 300 plus hitter the last couple times out in AAA and uh, got off to a really hot start. So, I I'm with you. I you can't find a game for him against the Tigers. It's just very bizarre. And, and, and to your point, it is hard to trust a front office at this point that said, ah, Lamont Wade Jr., we, we can just kind of throw him away for a, a middle reliever guy, Sean Anderson, that gets released, you know, five minutes later. Or uh, Akil Badu, former second round pick, who hit a home run right in front of you at Target Field this weekend, right? Yeah, like he's he play. a really good player leading of off for the Tigers. So, yeah, it's it's kind of weird. So anyway, you have nothing to lose by playing him. I got one more for you just on the baseball front. Let me uh, move on here. Coors Field gets it. You know, we're looking for things that can make baseball more fun. How about just playing every game in Coors Field? (laughs) Just like one game can start at 5 in the morning and then another one can start at like 8.30 um, it's a beautiful setting. It's in the you know part of what I love about baseball is just the unique ballparks and settings yes. you yes. got the it's Rocky gorgeous. Mountains in the background and downtown Denver. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're five thousand feet above sea level, so everyone hits five hundred twenty foot home runs, which is amazing and uh and it's you know it's named after a beer, so it's you know you're walking into a fun party vibe and every, it's never changed its name,
2: right? No, I don't think no. So. no, like Courses unlike you? all, you know, it's yeah. been Coors Field as opposed to, well, this year it's going to be Miller Light Ballpark, and then we're going to change the name to an insurance company. So, yeah, it's good. I'm, uh, I'm all the, about the best Coors. part about that last night was I think they I think they went back to the juice ball a bit <laughs> and they did not put the ball in the humidor beforehand. And yeah. so that <laughs> that that might be the get it part when you play in Colorado, no more humidor for the baseball just let her fly dude it was like it was like
1: one of those old bugs bunny cartoons where they're just like swing 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 like these dudes are just gassed after swinging as hard as they can (laughs) for three minutes straight and then got to get up and do it again how about the guy who how how about the pitchers those are
2: the guys i feel for
1: yeah who was the um, those old men out there um,
2: i i heal
1: who was throwing to juan soto was that was that a manager or was that like a was that like a hitting like coach? Like a coach for, okay. Was that a hitting coach? Because at one point, he's a lefty, I think, right? He had a pitch slip out of his hand at one point. Or did he purposely throw a ball like 20 feet I don't know.
0: behind know. Oh, Soto? yeah, he did. He did. It might have been o- okay. Otani even. Or, yeah, I think it was Soto. It was Soto. I remember you talking okay. about
2: Joey Gallo's God. guy though was, was a coach, and he sort of struggled at first. And the problem is, if you struggle at first, your guy is <laughs> going to struggle. Some, yeah.
0: <laughs> someone even tallied Alonzo's heat map from his location, and literally, like this fifty-five. I don't know if it was his dad or if it was his pitching coach. They get to pick who it is. Everything was like right in the heart of the zone. There wasn't anything outside of a cookie zone. Like he did, like every single pitch wow. it was a great. heat of It
2: Get that guy. It was the son of a uh, legendary Chicago sports writer bill Jous who was the original host of the first ever like like sports show it, it was on sports Channel america i think it was called the, the, one, that, the one that the S- one that snl mocked yes. for years yes and, and in fact bill Jous they asked his kid who who was your dad he said farley who was your daddy <laughs> what said, does Far- he do said farley farley was the
1: character <laughs> who played my dad See, I thought you guys were going to say it was Matt Shoemaker, but that would have been hey. just an t- oh. unnecessary cheap shot. You know what? Come that might not while he's down. You know
2: what? That's a great idea. Take all <laughs> of the worst pitchers in the season, force them to go to the, the All-Star shoe. game for the home run derby. That's right. a, I love that idea. Here's it, it, can oh, you be, get like, it.
1: it can be career redemption. So it's got to be guys who've been released mid-season. It's got to be guys who are over the age of, like, 33, and this is your chance to redeem your career. You're going to come to the All-Star game and you're going to try to get these guys out. Like you're not going to throw lobbing, you know, it's it's going to be a different type of home run derby, but you're going to try and get these guys out and they're going to try and hit home runs in Coors Field off of you. And if you succeed, hey, there's a bunch of eyeballs on you. You might get signed to a to a contract for the second. You know what this season. could
2: be, Phil? Th- this could be a a reunion of Twins pitchers circa 2011 <laughs> to like 2016. <laughs> Scott Diamond
1: Nalasco Vance Worley. Vance it, Worley just got called up by somebody. Yeah, I
2: saw that. I'm yeah, pretty he sure
1: did. he's back in the major leagues now. The animal the Vanimal baby.
2: I love that idea. That's a great one. Rex of the Vanimal. All right. Uh,
1: so Mackie and Judd, Minnesota sports entertainment on a daily basis. And last summer when we had like four months of no sports, and we were just doing a, a ton of fun. Just let's look back at. Let's do random season recalls. Let's do rewinds. And we had a segment, we haven't done this in a while, called Alternate Reality, where we go back and we take a scenario, a draft, a game, a season. And if, let's just say, if this thing would have happened instead of this thing, how would things have played out? And I forget who on Twitter sent this to us. I, for, I forgot to, uh, to earmark it, but I remember the question. Somebody tweeted to us on like Saturday this weekend, an alternate reality scenario for the Minnesota Vikings, 2017. They finished 13 and three, Minneapolis miracle. Then they go in to a hostile road environment against the Philadelphia Eagles, and they just get shellacked. <laughs> and you know the the crowd is probably a factor. Just you know, once you, once you once you throw the pick six and things start spiraling, it's just it was hard for them to get back on track, right? So the alternate reality scenario here, and there's probably a few of these in this season, but as it was proposed to us, what if Dalvin Cook doesn't get hurt in week four against the Detroit Lions? What if you don't go on to lose that game inexplicably fourteen to seven? So they actually they, they fell to two and two on the season after losing that game, and they dusted themselves off and they only lost one game the rest of the regular season. But what if he doesn't get hurt? Do they win that game? Do they finish fourteen and two? Do they host? The answer is yes on this one. The Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC Championship game with a healthy Dalvin Cook offensively. How does that whole stretch and season play out differently if the Vikings don't? It's sort of a two-part thing. If they don't lose to the Lions in that game, sure. And if Dalvin Cook doesn't get hurt in that game,
2: uh, they m- play host. To Philadelphia, they miss a late field goal and break break our hearts still. Uh um, so they don't
1: they do they, they lose still, but they don't get smoked. Well they it's don't like get more smoked of a heartbreaking.
2: At home. They don't get smoked at home. Uh that's a I love that one because Cook gets hurt, and it, it did t- it sort of did take the steam out of the building, as I recall. Um because w- it, it was pretty evident. Quickly, that it was serious. And so, and and I think Dex was sitting by me in the press box that day, if I'm not mistaken. So, all right. So, let's go back. Um, They play host to the conference championship game. And I honestly do think that they probably win. Uh, If they're at home, because keep in mind then, that is Nick Foles playing in US Bank Stadium, which is incredibly loud and hostile. Uh, the Philadelphia, that team was good. I don't think that they were great. And I do think that that building has a way of throwing a lot of quarterbacks, some of who've been pretty damn good, off their game. So I'm going to say the Vikings do win. They actually win, and they continue to play two weeks after that at U.S. Bank Stadium in the Super Bowl. Wow. What about you, Declan? What do you think?
0: I mean, I, I think that season was so special and that Dalvin was only a part of it for four games. I don't know if a healthy Dalvin Cook makes it any different, in my opinion. Um, I really don't. I, I think they still had a pretty damn good offense. And even though I, I understand, like, having a healthy Dalvin Cook, who we even saw last year at his full capacity, that could make a, a bigger difference. But I, I look at two other big moments in that game, uh, of that season of the alternate reality of them getting to the Super Bowl before I even think about Dalvin Cook. And so if you just remove Dalvin Cook, I, or you add him back into the equation i don't, for me it doesn't change it doesn't change for for my l p huh. reality
1: well i think they i think they beat the lions like i yep. i think that was such a deflating blow, and it you know you you lose this guy who clearly in the first three games had become like one of the best running backs in the n f l just right away out of the gate so i I think they beat the lions, and i I don't think there'd be any reason why they wouldn't finish fourteen and two if they did it without him mm-hmm. anyways if they you know they finished so strong. I think the biggest question is what happens at home against the Eagles. Is the crowd enough to rattle Nick Foles? Um, does the defense? I mean, that was by far the worst defensive performance of the year for the Vikings. Does the crowd and the home environment and they don't just get everything a about like it. That. They, they don't
2: get picked apart like that. Do they there, get off the line no of scrimmage way.
1: defensively more quickly because of a silent snap
2: well, count, for instance, right? Like all those things. And Foles has problems, right? If, if Foles is playing in front of that crowd, I'm not saying he falls apart completely, but there's no way he has as what's seemingly was for most of the game in Philadelphia, a flawless game, right? Um, here. Okay. Here's my question off of all of this. If, if you put the stew back together and, Say that the Vikings played host to that game. Because the reality was twofold. The defense fell apart, which I think we could safely say it would not have fallen apart like that at home. It might have struggled a little bit, but not like that. Um, so my question is this Does Case keenum have to turn in the slipper at midnight if the game is here? Because that was part of that too. I, I mean, keenum was a time bomb as far as eventually something's going to go wrong. And in Philadelphia, it went wrong. So My question is, how how much different is Case Keenum's game potentially coming off the miracle if he gets to play that game in the same building that he had experienced the success that he did to end the Saints game?
1: Yeah, I think he's I think he's well, I I think he was still prone to make a mistake. Like, I think there was still a chance he would have thrown a bad interception or something. But I think there's something about the crowd getting back on your side and you feeling like you've got 75,000 people behind you. That you, it's, it's probably easier to brush that mistake off as opposed to hostile environment, you know, just from a subconscious standpoint. The biggest question, though, is if we think they would have put up more of a fight against the Eagles at home, and maybe they would have won that game, was that team, if Dalvin Cook is healthy, was that team good enough to win a slugfest against Tom Brady, Gronk in his prime, I mean, that was like the peak of the second part of the Patriots dynasty. Ridiculous weapons all over the field. Would that team have beat the Patriots at home, but not really at home, right? Like it, right. Right. there would have yeah. been there would have been a disproportionate amount of Vikings fans there compared to most Super Bowls. Right. So don't get me wrong; like there would have been Vikings fans there, but it wasn't like it wouldn't have been a true home yeah. game in any sense. Would they have beat the Patriots?
0: I think they would have. I honestly think um. they would have. I think the I think that defense, if they didn't melt down against Philadelphia, I mean they 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 put the clamps down. I, I think they would have been able to do it. I think Zimmer would have been able to come up with something and I it would have been an insane legacy game for Mike Zimmer to really best bill Belichick in a Super Bowl. I think he could have done it.
2: Okay, part of this to me is is it feels like a very special part of that game and the Eagles' eventual win was the call of the Philly special play, which <laughs> Loosened up Philadelphia, was a fun play, but was a very defining play of that game. And and that was a ballsy call. Like, to make that call at that point in that game is a ballsy call. So my question is, do the Vikings do something, not that play, but do the Vikings have it in them in a game with that much pressure against Belichick to beat the Patriots? And I'm going to say no, and here's why. Has Zimmer? I mean, how many times has Zimmer dialed anything like that up? No. Oh, offensively, he'd probably freak out. Um, how, or given the green light for a coordinator well, to die. I'm trying it to up, think I of that. Uh, they had Jarek McKinnon throw that awful pass from the Wildcat That's one right. time <laughs> for a home game, which he had been a quarterback at college, so we all thought it might work, and it was absolutely terrible. Pat, try, Pat, I, Pat Shermer dialed something up one yeah. time. I feel I'm, like I'm trying to think of the trick plays. Have receivers thrown passes with Zim? I'm sure they have. Was it
0: Diggs to Cousins that like epic? Was it Diggs who did that? Oh,
2: yeah, Cousins with with the dive. Yes, with the dive, which (laughs) was just like the
0: epitome of Kirk Cousins, I think, as a Viking. Just like, little ah! One step short.
2: But I think the problem would have been that if they had played the Patriots and it had been Zimmer Belichick in the Super Bowl, that Zimmer would have been so uptight, and that team would have been incredibly tight, just because that's how that team is, especially when guys play Belichick. So I'm going to say they get to the Super Bowl, but I don't think that they win that game. Uh, I think I'm
1: with you. I think I think they beat the Eagles at home, and I think they lose to the Patriots in the Super Bowl. And it, and, it, and then they become, what, the first team ever to lose five? No team has lost five without winning one. Yeah, Buffalo's right? at four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they would be the first team. But you know what? It, it would have been the first trip
2: to the Super Bowl since the
1: 70s, and so there would have been and it would have celebration. Been
2: yeah, it would have been. Oh, I've told you, Phil. I've told you for a long time. A Super Bowl loss would no question hurt, but I really believe that Vikings fans would feel somewhat vindicated if the team could just get there.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, so that's, uh, that's alternate
1: reality on Mackie and Jared. What do you guys think? Hit us up in the YouTube comment section, Score North YouTube channel. We appreciate everyone who consumes us and our uh, radio faces <laughs> there. Click that subscribe button. We're just about to 22,000 combined oh, YouTube here. subscribers across the Score North channel. And the Purple Daily Channel. And uh, Decl- Declan is going to put Judd and I through the random season recall grinder here in a second. But Dennis Kirk is one of our partners here. People ask, like, what's the best way we can support you guys? Well, download our app and, and listen to all of our shows and read Judd's written work on the app. You can also watch our videos on the app. It's a free app. That's one way. But number two is support our sponsors and our partners on the show. Uh, Dennis Kirk. Is the number one supplier of riding resources and riding gear, clothing and helmets, accessories. Uh, they got one hundred sixty thousand parts and accessories in stock. Whether you ride a Harley, a metric cruiser, sport bike, order before eight p.m. and they ship the same day. If, if Ragnar is listening, I know you ride Ragnar. <laughs> I know that the Vikings uh, parted ways with you a number of years ago, but denniskirk.com. Order by eight p.m. and they ship the same day, and shipping is free for orders over $89 DennisKirk.com. All right every week Declan goes back and finds random Minnesota sports teams from sometime during our lifetimes and quizzes Judd and I on the details and I
2: feel like we've we've fared pretty well except pretty for that well. one
1: North Stars debacle from a couple weeks ago correct. It wasn't a where debacle there was a, completely it, was a dropped the ball. it
2: was a little bit of a struggle it was not a debacle Mr. I love the 80s North Stars like what color are breezers? Judd's like, I don't, I don't know. You give me the 83, 84 North Stars. I'll do it. Just okay. fine. Okay. I'm sorry, but my drink, it's once my dr- drinking year, once my drinking year start. no, 84, 85, but once my drinking year start, <laughs> it changes the
0: dynamic. Sorry. Okay. All right. God. All right. What do you got for a step? All right. We have the 2010-2011 Minnesota Timberwolves here We <sighs> start, which is a Kurt Rambis-led team. Oh no. my god But dude. this is uh, This is gonna be A fun edition Of Random Season Recall As I get the Who wants to be a millionaire Bumper music As a nice little bumper here To uh, oh, get a little more you, suspense dude. Wow. He, did he, yeah, he did it this week I finally have it Yeah He did
2: it this week He forgot it last forgot week it last. He was all excited to do it And then he forgot, I forgot it. it I love it. this
0: Alright let's start with this one. Oh my god The 2010 2011 Timberwolves Finished with how Many wins I'll give you within a Three win Window All right.
1: Well, he gave us I'm actually glad that he gave us the Kurt Rambis nugget there. I think we would have landed on Kurt Rambis as the coach, but it it makes it official that this wasn't like, oh, this was a year where they kind of maybe popped up a little bit. They were a disaster in the Kurt Rambis era.
2: Didn't they win like 17? Yeah. 18, 17, 18 games. Yeah.
1: Yeah, my, so your head went to 18, mine went to 17.
2: Yeah, and and you know what? If we're right, that's right in the ballpark. We're going to get the ding.
1: I don't think it was in the 20s. I don't think it was... I think 18 the safer number because it covers us from like 15 to 21. Or 21, yeah. They would have won more than 14 games, right? I, I just don't want to get... Like, the record is nine. There was a Nuggets team or something, or a
2: Sixers team. like Sixers team. Ago. Sixers oh, yeah. team in the 70s, yeah. Yeah. No, I yeah, I, I think they bypassed that one, but anyway, yeah, I'd say around 18 wins. Let's go 18 wins.
0: Yeah! 17 and 65. Oh, I had it. I oh, you it. got it. Got it. <laughs> we're within the we're oh within the range, but god, 17 dude. and 65 was the final record for the 2011. Dude, I mean, won. I don't know, like this dude.
1: is like one of the hottest streaks ever. I I've had 3 in a row. Yeah. If you give me credit that I did yeah. say 17. Oh my
0: god. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Okay.
2: Alright, come on. Let's do well, it. Well, I, I mean it's still right, so but yeah, that's outstanding. God, that team was bad. Okay.
0: <laughs> All right, Kevin Love and Michael Beasley finished with double figures and points that year, but two other players also did finished an average double points, double digit points per game that year. Who were they?
2: Okay, I've got we're just talking here, today, yep. okay? So like this is just among friends. I'd prefer that you duck out. We'll do. Um is this a Ricky Davis?
1: No, this is after Ricky Davis. Ricky Davis was like oh six oh seven okay Ricky Davis did not play with he didn't play with Kevin Love at that point okay I think the question here is when did they trade Al Jefferson? I feel like they might have traded Al Jefferson by now and
2: when did Ricky Rubio start? Oh, he started late. He started later. He was, was I, 11, 12. I was at the station when he started, and that that's when he tore his ACL. That was the 2012 spring training, right? Yes, when we were in spring training because they were playing the Lakers at Target Center. So, yeah, no, this is pre ricky And this is pre-Pekovic, I think. I
1: don't think Pekovic was on this team. Okay. So you had – all right, let's just talk this. So Love, Michael Beasley, smoked Too Much Weed. But
2: had a great toaster. Great toaster. <laughs> he did. I bought I. his P. toaster and cheese grater. And now the toaster's gone, which makes P. me really sad. Me this
1: too. would have been the year. Oh, okay. It's all coming together here. This would have been the year that Kevin Love had a 30-30 game. And you so left. I left at halftime. Yeah. I mean, they I were it, they were playing the Knicks, and they were down like 9 at halftime, and Love had like 9 and 8 or something.
2: And you left, and, and then one of the great Wolves accomplishments happened. Mm-hmm.
1: We did this, and by the way, Beasley was good in that game too. Beasley had a stretch there where he scored like 30 points a game for like two or three weeks. Um, Got off the
2: weed.
0: Well, I'm
1: just trying to think. I think or smoke more. Yeah. Wes Johnson, I don't think he would have scored 10. So we need two other guys that scored double digits for this team, huh? Oh, yeah. wait,
2: so. um,
0: One only. Oh, 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 oh,
1: oh,
2: oh,
0: oh.
1: This might be a Ryan Gomes. This might be a Ryan Gomes situation. Ryan Gomes came over. He came oh, over the in the music. Boston trade. Right? Would he have been gone by now? This is, god dang it, dude. He came over in the Boston trade. Mm-hmm. So we did this. This this Wolves like the Kevin Love thirty thirty game. We did this for a Minnesota Sports Rewind episode, and I'm like, I watched the whole game, and I remember Beasley and Love. <laughs> I'm trying to remember all the other players around the court. Uh, Tell- Sebastian Telfair, but he went to scored ten. Uh, Johnny Flynn would have been on this team, but he went to scored ten. I don't think. So it was like Telfair, Flynn. Who was the Rubio was not over here yet. Yeah, because he was sitting out for two years. Mm-hmm. Um, then they drafted West Johnson. I'm gonna say West Johnson's one of them.
0: I Guess West Johnson. We get three wrong guesses, right? Yep. So Okay. Al Jefferson. Jeez, my God. You've been way off, by the way. I'll be honest. <laughs> you see,
2: if Maybe I can interrupt yeah. if I can interrupt for one second here, this is what happens when we get the the random season recall of teams that we like once we've started drinking. Phil's experiencing <laughs> my North Stars thing right now. Well, this is also like between... It's not when you're sitting in your bedroom. See, it's much different if you're, if you're little Phil with your TV well, and you like had kept score of all the games <laughs> and then your older Phil and at halftime of a Knicks game that you're at, you duck out, that's when you forget. But this is also like a
1: transition period between...
2: Oh, don't make it. Come we're, on. we're like
1: three years removed from the KG era, and we're headed into the Come Love, on. Rubio, Pekovic era. Yep. Who's your third guess? I Pe- Pekovic. Pekovic.
0: Wow. Oh, my God. All right. So one, <laughs> of huh? ga- oh <laughs> one of
1: these... Oh, my
0: God. One of these guys... You didn't mention any of these two names, by the way. The first one is Luke Ridnauer. Right! Forgot Luke Ridenour. Use the force, Luke. Use the force. This, was Ke- Kevin
1: Martin wasn't on
0: this team. This no. This came. second one, it's a little nitpicky because he only played 23 games, but he qualified on basketball reference, so I counted it. Anthony Tolliver averaged 10-plus averaged points. I know. Oh, I, Ooh, I Hey. You stuck. random season recall. <laughs> Got to remember the random I seasons. Don't, I, I don't feel bad about this one. The Luke, no, Ridenour Luke Ridenour one, Ridenour. I'm a little shocked he didn't get. A little surprised he didn't get the Luke Ridenour one. See, see what happens? Really? See? Yeah, I'm a little surprised. Uh, Can I put in for these to be (laughs) pre-drinking
2: years? Can I put in for these from now on to be pre... I mean, I've killed too many brain cells to remember (laughs) what was going on in these years. Oh, my God. Yeah, this
1: is is my mid-20s here. There was a lot of...
0: (laughs) a lot Phil, of, a lot of Phil Alton was, Alton was Alton. the
1: loon
2: by the time Kevin yeah, exactly <laughs> he was doing great big right. shots
0: by the third quarter um the Timberwolves finished first in the NBA in this traditional statistic this season despite them only winning seventeen games they finished first in the NBA in this traditional statistic
1: well it wouldn't have been three point shooting. Kurt Rambis, I think, actively told Kevin Love to not shoot threes. He did and Then once Rick what? Adelman came along, he's like, "What?
2: You're a seven-footer yeah. that can shoot threes? Get out there, dude!" So I'm not shoot threes. It, mm-hmm. Would it have something? Okay, traditional statistic. Well, what would this team have been decent at?
1: <laughs> Is it a positive stat or a negative stat? No, That's what I was positive. Say. I,
0: I mean, okay. I wouldn't say it's negative. No, it's not a negative stat.
1: They led the league in a category. Free throw. I mean, Kevin Love. Kevin Love got to the free throw line a lot, and Kevin Love grabbed a ton of rebounds. So there's that. They led the league in smoking weed. So mm. Michael Beasley was there.
2: So We know that for sure. They certain. didn't. Exa- they wouldn't have exactly rebounded great, right? With his collection. Well, Kevin Love was one of the best rebounders in. in the right, league. but I'm saying the rest of the team. But I, I guess my question is, would that have put them? I'm gonna say they might have led
1: the league in offensive rebounds. Because okay. they probably missed a lot of shots, and Kevin Love grabbed a lot of offensive rebounds. I'm gonna say offensive rebounds.
2: Yeah!
0: <laughs> it's it was tech offensive back. offensive and total rebounds. So Tech I was going for total rebounds, but they, oh, did, they lead, did lead in total. They rebounds, did lead so they... total and offensive rebounds that okay. year. Kevin Love was amazing because he couldn't jump
1: really, but he would just like position himself below yeah. the rim and like link arms with like. You know somebody, and the ball would just sort of fall into his bread basket. So boxing out, man, he's back.
0: The Wolves whisper, "Wow, three thousand six hundred forty-one rebounds for the Wolves that year. (laughs) That was first in the NBA."
1: Uh, Generally, when you lead the league in offensive rebounds, it means you miss a lot of shots too. So this is very, very
0: true. Uh, before I ask you this question, this was a Darko Milicic year, and uh, he was oh signed in God, the offseason. Nice. And before I get to the question... All that money in his mattress. Before I get to the question, we do have to play this very important clip with Kurt Ravis and Chris, Chris. Webber.
2: Well, and I think that your career is somewhat
1: indicative. I mean, I, when, what year was it that you really felt like you kind of felt
2: like you were in your own, in the league?
1: Yeah, I'm. you know, I'm... I'm not really sure, but we're not but talking not about me and Darko to... at the same time, no. But
2: not until <laughs> you got to Sacramento. Did your uh, career's take off?
1: Well, I don't want to talk about me. We're, we're talking to you, and we're not going to talk about me and Darko
0: in the same sentence.
1: <laughs> that was David Kahn, by David the way. David Kahn, my bad. Not
0: Kahn, and that was God.
2: a phenomenal
0: exchange. The entire—it was like a five-minute exchange of it.
2: It was so uncomfortable, and it was so <laughs> it was great. so
0: great.
1: He was literally like, well, Chris, you know, it took you all out. To- Chris Weber was amazing from— wasn't he great with with the Washington Bullets right away too? And then he went to the Warriors or something. Yeah, come on, dude. Well,
2: yeah, and yes, yes, Amazing. and Darko Darko is one of the biggest busts of all time.
1: Yeah, that I so that was draft was Le- in that draft. It was LeBron, then- Darko, Dwayne Detroit. Wade,
2: and Chris Bosh,
1: right? Yeah. Was- yeah. <laughs> oh, whoops.
2: Whoops. But Darko yeah.
1: had all the steam. There was an article about Darko one time that he kept all of his money under his mattress, mattress like yes. in cash. Yes. he was, a few, he was like afraid that Banks would lose his money or something. I love how the
2: Wolves thought, though, that they have unlocked Dar- Darko. Darko. That's yeah. no David <laughs> Kahn. We've unlocked Darko after all these teams that couldn't unlock him. Okay, buddy.
0: We're having lunch now. We're doing things we haven't done before. It is it is a phenomenal clip. Just Google Chris Weber clowning David Kahn. On YouTube, and, and you'll love it. Uh, Chris Webber now, fired. How much term and money, though, did the Wolves give Darko that year in the offseason? So they signed him to a, to a multi-year contract. Yes. What was the contract?
1: Do you remember? Jed, I believe it was a three-year, $21 million contract.
0: Okay. Yep, Final that's guess. the answer. Let's go with
1: it. Yep,
2: that's fine.
0: <laughs> it's very, very close. It's extremely close, and I, I feel like I should just give it to you. It was yeah! 420. Four years, twenty million dollars. I think that's close. No, I'll that's get wrong. It
2: to you. No, no,
1: no, no. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm know, wrong? Yeah, wrong?
0: Okay. It was four years, twenty million dollars. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> no, 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 no.
2: They gave that dude a four-year contract. <laughs> 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 yeah, they turned him around. <laughs> oh, come yeah, Michael on. Jordan. You know, you really didn't come into your own until a few years <laughs> into your career at the Bulls. You're like Darko. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you broke your foot, right? Some injuries,
1: right? You put some money under a mattress once.
0: All right. Is that it? I think Should that's we... it. Yeah, I have one more question, but it's so <laughs> no, obscure. So, it's no, so on. obscure. Well, no,
2: let's hear it. Let's, come on. come let's, on. Let's hear it. Come all on. Right. Oh,
0: hold on on us. Come on. If we're going to do this, let's do it. Come so on. the Wolves yeah. technically, again, technically had four first-round picks that year. They technically had four.
1: <laughs> cool. And then the trades and all yeah. the other stuff. So
0: but... I'll give you, Wes Johnson went fourth overall. Who are the other three First round picks the Wolves had the rights to. Oh, was Ty Lawson one of them? No. I've heard um, of one of these guys,
1: Wayne no, Ellington. No. There's a bunch of. This is this this might have been one of the years where David Kahn, like, spun his way, traded a bunch of first round picks for, like, cash or something? Didn't he try to get out from underneath guaranteed contracts and trade it back, back, back? How many of these guys
0: actually ended up with the Wolves? Can I ask you that?
1: I think I think just Wes Johnson.
0: Yeah, I, I don't remember. I'm right. One of these guys, this is pretty bad. All right. So I can't remember. These names are all going to ring a bell. At 16th, the Wolves traded with Portland. Luke Babbitt. Luke, Luke Babbitt. Babbitt. Yeah. At 23, the Wolves traded with the Wizards. Trevor Booker. Give me that. Okay. And and so then the, 30th, give me the, give me the Give me the first yep. name of the 30th. The 30th overall. The first name? Yeah, I want to see if I can get the last name. Lazar. Lazar Haywood. Hayward. There you go.
1: There you go. Ah, random season recall, random. man. <laughs> there it is. That was about right. as. That, that was, was ugly. A, that, that was. A, I think if this fight went to the judges. It Slope would have been best. a five, like five out of five rounds. Yeah. You'd I, be Conor McGregor on I, I, Saturday. Like we they, both would have knocked be, each other down be a couple times.
2: Surgery on your leg. That just <laughs> what do you snapped? mean?
1: But I, listen, I got the the I got a couple of very specific things right: offensive rebounding and the and the exact yeah. record yeah, I got and a Lazar Haywood's no Haywood. Right, right, too. Line.
2: I I didn't catch any breaks. Okay. Yeah, you I you didn't got, catch any
1: breaks. Yeah, you got the color <laughs> of the end and the star right yeah, on your jersey. That's not true.
2: I got a couple tough ones right, but you know I didn't get many of them, and so I took a lot of heat.
1: Uh listen before we say goodbye let's say hello to a golfers paradise all right we should send Judd over to PXG Minneapolis and see how- I actually don't think they'd let you touch the Gen 4 clubs cuz those no, are like yeah, you gotta no, know what you're I, doing to swing the Gen yeah, 4 clubs. Don't do that. that'd be all like right. going to space like I'm not going to space <laughs> yeah i love how i love how like all these billionaires now are just like well what do we do with well, all
2: this money we haven't paid taxes do, in 20 the, years let's first let's go time, to space I, I got a quick question before we're done about the space travel thing but i digress yeah, yeah well, well, well
1: pxg is looking to send Tells your more. golf ball to space mm-hmm. with these uh, <laughs> gen 4 clubs the 0 to 11 clubs they've got clubs priced in many different ranges so uh, depending on where your game is at you can you can find what you need plus apparel all kinds of great hats shirts PXG minneapolis southdale center find out more at PXG.com slash minneapolis so i thought
2: when you went to space you like went into space but it sounds like you like go to the precipice of space and then just come
0: back that's good enough for me. I'm not going. No, but I mean, uh, I, don't but need, I don't need to go to Jupiter. Going okay? on but like a, a commercial airplane is as you. close as I'm getting to space, and I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm, I, I'm get, I get the land. The aliens get the space. The sharks get the, the get the sea. That's the agreement I'm, we've all yes. made. Okay, I, yes, I don't want to deal with it.
2: But my question is, I didn't realize that it was considered going to space if you, like, touch space and then just come right back. That, to me, sounds like a waste of time. Like, if you're going to go to space, go to the moon. And if you're not going to go to space like Declan or me, just stay home. Who's going to be the first chain restaurant or hotel group to
1: put a hotel on the moon? Chili's. uh, Chili's. Chili's, baby. baby. Yeah, (laughs) Chili's. I want to go to the moon, go to the moon, go to the moon. Applebee's two for one appetizers yeah. after you uh, reach the edge of the atmosphere.
2: Eating okay. good in the moon of hood.
1: <laughs> God Almighty! Oh, that one might need some some honing oh, there. Uh, uh, tomorrow, write that down. Predictions and an accountability session. Thanks for hanging out with us on this retro edition of Mackie and Judd. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking where next.